Good morning, everybody, on this uh, not-too-beautiful autumn day. It's a little nippy out there. The sun's supposed to come out tomorrow, so Annie said, and we haven't seen it in five or six days. Oh, Coach, the sun came up. We're in the playoffs. The sun's up. Glorious day. The Eagles look like the number one team in football, and, and we agree on that, by the way. That includes the Rams and Tampa and, and the likes of Kansas City. Balance-wise, they look like the team to beat, in my opinion, by far. How about that for an outrageous statement? How glorious is it really? And in, case, in case you don't remember that, boys, that's Chuck, that's the Chuck. boss man, yeah, Grimley, along with cool. Chad, the whiz kid, Grimley, and this yeah. is Coach Al Harris, and you're listening to Speaking of Sports. Yeah. Whole lot of stuff going on. It's Christmas time, red and green, with the Phillies and the Eagles. And uh, where you want to start, well, there, partner? I think uh, you know, looking at that clip right there, I mean, reminiscing back to the you know the glory days, right? And uh, yeah, well, it's been a decade or what, eleven years. But you know, it's funny. You, you look at other teams and how long their playoff drafts have been. And you look at our division, and they make comparisons all the time. The people that kind of don't like the Phillies and that love the Eagles, and they're everywhere. And if you look at the NFC East, not to get off the baseball point, but it's been pretty easy for the Eagles to make the playoffs the last decade. I mean, go backwards on the the division record and the competition they had. And a lot of times the competition were sub-500 teams. They had no competition. It's been a brutally inept division. <clears throat> Conversely, take a look at the NL East with at least the Mets, uh, the Braves, and Washington. And the Phillies have had to compete every year for the last decade. And and they didn't have, of course, the, the six wildcard team. So it's been difficult to make the playoffs in the NL East is my point. It's been rather easy to make the playoffs in in the NFC East, if I said all that right. You agree? Yep, yeah. I agree with you. When you get into all that stuff, there's no problem. You're right. Yeah, well, you, well, you have to get into all that stuff because when people beat the point to death, this is not my rant. I'm happy as heck today. But, you know, the Eagleites, the Eagles Nation, it's go on and rant on the radio you make these comparisons, you, you you want to call up and say, just look at a balanced, you know, playing field, no pun intended here, as to what it took the Phillies to make the playoffs versus the Eagles. It's not close. It's not remotely close with Atlanta, Mets, Nats, Phillies, and on the other side, the Eagles and who? Not the Giants, not the Washington, Washington team. And mostly Dallas. not Dallas, but one or two years in there, last 10. It was, you know, sometimes when I go on these data voyages, which I love, I get a quarter of the way in, and I get really excited. I'll say to Marion, oh, man, am I coming up with something good on this one? Like the Red Sox doubles thing? Wait till I finally get a week to get that out. I couldn't believe the records of the teams the Eagles were against when it started to do it. I mean, it... it you almost couldn't help it when if you played 500 football or, or a game below. The the Phillies have had to beat a 96-win team most years. Bud, you with me on that? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think yeah. you're right on that. Um, the, I mean, the NL East has been, been strong for, yeah. for a while. Even when it wasn't 
the the strongest years. Like right. you still had years like the Nash when the Nationals won the World Series, right. and yeah, they didn't have a hundred and like you know five wins that year, but they also were you know the best team in baseball in the second half of the season. So there's still things like that that were going on that just made the NL East pretty pretty competitive, uh, save for I guess the Marlins most years. The Braves have been good for a while, and the Mets have you know even when they weren't the best, they've had very strong pitching. Right. For a while, right. so there's been a lot of aspects that always made it tough. Where you look at someone like the Giants, they, they've been really bad for a long time. Uh, the Washington, Washington's, they've struggled for for uh, a while. Decades. I mean, they've had, I think they had a year terrible. they snuck in the playoffs, but they were never really a a contender, a true contender that had a chance to do any damage. Five and elevens, you know, for it. And same with Dallas. I mean, Dax yeah. had some good years over there too, but yeah. no one really ever looked at them like they look at a Green Bay, a Kansas City. Um, you know, a Patriots, a, a Buccaneers, right. when those teams are rolling and say, exactly. hey, this is a powerhouse yes, team. And that's kind of how we look at the Eagles right now, you know, we're, or the Bills or Rams, right. another two two good examples. But the Eagles right now, they definitely look like they are the NFC uh, East favorite. Yep. Yep. Um, not I'm ser- saying they're going to they're gonna make the Super Bowl, but I do think they'll have the best record in the N- 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 F- N- F- NFC. Sorry, not NFC East, but I'm talking about the entire yep. NFC, um, NFC at this point. And I think they'll definitely, they'll, they'll definitely do that. I, I, I think I said last week. I'm pretty sure the Eagles are going to start off eight and zero or nine eight and eight and one or nine and zero because um, I think they're going to beat Arizona this week. And the rest of our schedule up Same. until about that yeah. time, it's it's pretty easy. It was yeah. really not that hard of a schedule. Yeah. And then some of the tougher games are are later in the year. Yeah, we've already agreed on that. I think we all said eight nine zero. And how would Eskin say it? Well, uh, he would say the the if he, if he were a Phillies fan, he would say. The Eagles should win the division because the division stinks. Baseball, it's just the opposite. But in this, the, and let, let's maybe, I'm sorry, I'm the one that took us away from the Phillies. Uh, I did that last week too. Segwayed out, wasn't intentional. Let's go back, talk baseball. We'll bounce right back to the Eagles. Go now. I was in the Eagles. I think it's been like 18 years that there hasn't been a back-to-back winner in the NFC East. So that sort of tells yeah. you parity, if nothing else, there that, that right. maybe three out of four were stinky. Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to the Phillies baseball talk. I mean, how you excited? What do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, and I'll tell you, that was so genuine the other night watching them celebrate. Yeah. I mean, everybody does it, but I was listening to radio this morning and they used this. Someone said it looked like a bunch of grade school kids, and I already had all my notes that it looked like a bunch of high school guys. <laughs> and it was, I mean, when you saw, you know, everybody involved in there, I just uh, got yeah. a warm and fuzzy feeling. You know? Yeah, I, I, you know, you watch that, and Mary next to me, she said, "You don't seem excited." We were watching it together in the family room, and and I, you know, so let me be. I love when people say 100% transparent. <laughs> let me be 62% transparent. Uh, let me be 100% transparent. Uh, very excited. Um, I love playoff baseball. The Phillies are in the playoffs this week is great. So it has settled in, okay, the next day to make me extremely excited, especially because I, I know they can win. But the way they backdoored into it, if you're a baseball guy and you're looking at the whole thing, and, and I know people say put that aside, so what they were ten and twenty in the last thirty games and all, it, it just it gave me a bit of a poor taste about it, a sour taste because I'm thinking they're only celebrating because the Brewers, using the word really stink, boy, how bad are they? They haven't hit as a team like forever 
and they don't crack that. And and boy, you talk about eating Josh Hader when he was good. Now, when they got rid of him, I thought it was a smart move. It proved to be. But when he was Josh Hader, there's another nine wins, and they they they're the team that's in. That that devastated. But when to watch the Phillies not be able to beat the Cubs. <laughs> I, I think I mean, the, the Cubs were, I think, one of the worst teams the Phillies actually matched up with against this year too. It was own one and five or zero and six, I think. When oh, I was just six, morning. Zero and six, and that's that's bad. And yet the Cubbies uh, had the second best record in baseball since the All Star break, or something like. I don't know, Wiz, if you're able to separate and come up with a since the All Star break record. Yeah, I, I can find that. I know it's been very good. I think it's at least five hundred or something. Well, I think one little thing that helped that they did win the game, you know, rather than lose the game, but because the Brewers lost, and then they backed in, for lack of a better word. So it was nice that they went off the field with a win. Yeah, I thought the irony was that the Phillies, yeah, they won the game, but they did backdoor in because look what the Brewers had to do. And the Phillies didn't grasp, seize the moment when they had it. But what you did see on display, ironically, that night, was Nola pitching perhaps his best game ever, Okay, in terms of control, I mean, his location and the whole mindset for the just he executed every pitch he wanted to, showing and demonstrating that in postseason a pitcher can beat a really good lineup easily. And if Nolan's going to pitch like that, you know, you got Wheeler, why can't we win two out of three? Well, we certainly can. Which is why I like our chances against the Cardinals. I really do. Well, you know what? It's like Nola has an up and down year and everything. But then when you look at the end of the year, he had 32 starts, okay? Yeah. He is the second pitcher in the history of baseball to not walk, thir- to walk 30 or less people for yep. the year. And that's in 205 innings. I mean, that is amazing when you can hit 32 starts with 29 total walks for the year. And he wound up with 235 strikeouts, and the, the clue of that was 230 or more strikeouts yep. Yep. and the walks thing. So, and the other person was way back uh, before 1900. <laughs> Let's talk about the manager, what a job he did. You know, 5,000 games over 500 since he took over. You know, it was like you flicked the switch, uh, Chad. I mean, explain that. I mean, well, you got to look back right to when it first happened. That day that Girardi did get fired, the team went on a huge winning streak. And what was it, eight or nine or ten games in a row? That momentum right there just was the start of of Rob's like reign in Philly. Yeah. Whether he becomes a manager or or, or not, he got off to an unbelievable start, and the team never never really looked back. They were playing so different under Girardi than they play with him. And that that's a huge reason that start when they when they got went from 7 games under 500, I believe, to right back to 500 within a week. Since basically the firing, they're about 20 games over 500, and that's exactly what they needed to do to make the playoffs, and they somehow somehow pulled that off. It was the, very impressive. The intangibles always bother me. Because for all the years I've been following baseball, this has happened so many times and nobody can explain it. And I realize that it's, it's not something you can explain. In football, when you see a team turn it around, 90% of the time you know exactly why, acutely why. The offense is working, the running game, they're blocking the guy, they're missing their offensive tackle, he comes back. When you look at how the Phillies, uh, and I know the schedule got softer, 
But if you look at the last five years when the schedule got softer and the Phillies didn't play 20 games over 500, all of a sudden without Harper and a new manager, it's a totally different team. And you really can't explain it. Those things mystify me. I mean, nobody has explained it to my satisfaction. Especially a, such a low-keyed man like Rob Thompson. You know, you yeah, he didn't whip him into shape, right? <laughs> he's got to somewhere along the line call somebody aside, but we've never seen that part side of him. You know, you know, uh, guys like Schwarber, who, by the way, closed the season remarkably and, and does add to my hopes for the postseason, if he's going to play like that, of course. What a close. Uh, you know, he's a great clubhouse guy. You, you like to think Harper is. I was keeping an eye on him after in the celebration to see how much rah-rah stuff Harper was doing because he's not the guy you ever see. Do you ever see after a walk-off, and he's had a few of them, you ever see anybody put, put a bucket over his head during an interview? <laughs> not when it's Harper. They, that stuff doesn't yeah. happen to Harper that you do to other players. He's got his own culture and brand. You know, don't mess with. So I was... Anxious to see if he was going to kind of join the crew, and he did. You know, he, he was jubilant. Uh, but I think uh, the leadership in the clubhouse and whatnot with Hoskins, they got guys who've been around this team for five, six years and haven't been to the playoffs. How relieved are those guys like JT and Hoskins? And well, whatnot, I think you know? I think Schwarber's become, for lack of better words, like a cult figure. And I think he is a leader, and he gets the respect there. He's almost to the Phillies like Kelsey is, and I yeah. know Kelsey's been there for years That's, with the Eagles. But I really think that yeah. just the way he relates to everybody. Schwarberism. I mean, if you're going to jack 50 balls, and some of them are going to go 700 feet and 900 feet up, I love that hyperbole, right? You're going to win people over. I mean, some of his home runs are so prestigious. You just go, how is so strong? Wow, but his hands. How quick his hands? Quick hands without the stride. Wow, the ball's in back of him. Inside pitches are in back of him. And he he pulls him down the line a, a lot. You know, like Bonds-esque a little bit, you know? Uh, but anyway, the uh, they're, they're, I think they're in good position with the pitching. We know they can hit. Don't know that they will. But... Uh, Wiz, why don't you update us with the Cardinals' woes? There are two superstars in September not doing much. Yeah, so... Arenado and Goldschmidt we're talking about. Oh, okay. In September. Yeah, I don't have their September numbers right in Bring front right of me, but I think, I think yep. Coach has, yes, uh, he has them right there. Goldschmidt for September hit 245, and Arenado hit 215. So let's hope they continue that slump. And Wainwright is supposed to be having arm problems. So I think... Definitely, when you mentioned the Braves, the Mets, and the Cardinals, the Cardinals is who we wanted to play, and how ironic that we're going to be playing the St. Louis Cardinals and the Eagles are playing the Arizona Cardinals. When we mentioned their batting averages, I'm not too impressed because Major League Baseball is at 240, a little below that. It's the OPS you look at for those guys, and I think uh, Chad's about to tell us that their September ESPN field, bud, will give you the... Yeah, I, I, I got him. Okay. September. Telling the whiz. Yeah. Yeah. Goldsmith's OPS is down to 716, September, October. Who? And Arenado. Let's see what he's at. That's huge. He's at 642. Boo. So really right. struggling, struggling those guys a lot right now. Listen, hats off to Albert. My Lord, what he has done and everything. But 
if Pujols is going to be the guy you have to worry about in the postseason, and that may come back to haunt me, Coach. I hope it does You know the way we talk about people the next week we regret it. Well, (laughs) the way we talk about things. What did we say about the Braves winning division? I had a little high five on that. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, they were 11 out when this podcast said the Braves were going to win the NL East. And there were reasons we said that, not just Grissom and Howers, but there were main reasons why I thought the new pitcher – their schedule, their momentum, they had the best record in baseball since June 1st, something like that. To me, when it got to like eight and a half, that's when I stamped it and, and, and backed it, actually. At nice odds, really nice odds, well, okay? Nice. But the regret is you, you you put communion money on it, not not serious because I don't do that, but serious money would have given you a 10-to-1 return, you know? I mean, it's just felt very kind. We've had some very, very good calls you know visionary wise on this podcast uh not just harper winning the mvp when he had 55 wherever guys we've had some really good calls on the show yeah I mean, it's amazing too with the braves i just read yesterday that when they clinched it that's the only the fifth game all year that they were in first place yeah right uh, and the mets are devastated by the way have you followed any of that gotta be yeah oh mets nation is devastated you should read the new york daily news the interviews with buck they it's hard for buck to act like he's interested to want to go to the postseason of course he does he says you know i like our chances we're no worse no you're a lot worse off you don't you understand you are a lot worse off yeah but not only did the mets <laughs> miss the bye but right. they also now have to play the dodgers yeah, earlier that, yeah you're not in worse the nlds off. than the nlcs so Ugh. they lose the bye and they get the Dodgers coming up. How about that? That's coach? not that's not fun. Talk about a September crash. And the the Groms had problems the last couple they, of starts. You know, I'm not going to make it my rant. I think I've said that twice. Degrom, uh, Degrom, buddy, bring him up, please, as quick as you can. Uh, I'll do what I do. I try to stretch here till Chad gets there. I'm going to tell you what Chad's going to tell us right now. Degrom's last three years, okay, total wins is going to be under over. 16, which way are you going, Coach? Last three years. Now we know that 20 is going to be a discounted year. But still, total wins. Under. 16. Okay. Because of injuries. That's my thought. He doesn't post. What's he got, bud? Uh, 16. 16. Mm-hmm. I, I must Money. have looked it up 16 last 16 and 8 with a 205 ERA. So you can have him. I don't want DeGrom next year. I mean, if you give me a guy that's putting up, what is it, five wins? Four wins, seven wins, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Four, seven, and five. Okay, Jay must have prepared like that. Probably. How, how did I possibly watch the end of the Netflix show, Mara and I? What? Boy, that's crazy. That Jeffrey, whatever. Wow. The Dahmer show is very popular oh, on Netflix right now. Good lord. Very intense show. Oh man, there's a few scenes of that thing with John Wayne Casey. Oh, tragically sad, but nevertheless, it's a show, and I know people watch it. And uh but anyway. um I, I don't. I'm not fearful of the Cardinals. Uh, I'm really not. And then you get the Braves, who they're almost even with this year. Granted, we're, we're uh, eight and eleven versus Atlanta this year, and four and three versus the Cardinals. Yeah, I I do think there's a, a lot of cause for concern against the Cardinals, though, because the Cardinals' home record is fifty three and twenty eight, which is um which is just as good as the Dodgers. So Dodgers are fifty six and twenty four, pretty close. But Atlanta's right up there too at fifty-five and twenty-six. Those three teams, they are lethal at home. 
Um, I'm pretty sure if so, we took a vote before, we would have hoped they played the Cardinals. Absolutely. Ab- oh, absolutely. You. My, you, only, my only concern is that if we are to make some damage, we got to beat the Cardinals, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. Because I'm assuming the Dodgers oh. are going to get the NLCS. Um, and that's three teams that are the best, some of the best in baseball at home. And that, that's, a tough, that's a tough battle right there. But to that point, I'm going to give you another advantage that the Phillies got. Remember in 17, when all the galaxies, stars, and universe lined up for the Philadelphia Eagles, 62-yard field goal one week, it just fell perfectly, okay? You won a game where you gave up 605 yards of offense, okay? It, you know, if you want to say a lot of luck, a bunch of luck. Karma. Still won. I think this is another break. Because if they're healthy, and I think they are right now, scout from 1 to 10, I think they're 9 and a half, then... The Mets pitching is the only pitching in baseball that could beat the Dodgers. They align each other. They're lined up. And probably the Mets are probably have the. I mean, if Degrom and Scherzer are fully healthy, yeah, and those two pit those two guys are as, as good as any. I stopped them in his tracks a little bit, Coach. Yeah, I think well, that was because I'm sure that's Degrom. I'm thinking a bit because I think the Braves have a pretty good staff, but I don't think in a perfect world it's better than the Mets with DeGrom and Scherzer playoff-wise. Right, no. And then you have to look at the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have four very balanced pitchers, but yeah. they're not they are not as good. The Padres are a bit all over the, all over the place, oh. and the Phillies don't match up yeah. either. So I guess, yeah, I think that would be right then that the Mets would have the best chance of beating the Dodgers just from that from that pitching map, matchup perspective. You You could get the Mets. Now they've they've dominated the Phillies this year, but I would much rather play the Mets to get to the World Series than the Dodgers. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah for sure. And that's the way it could line. I mean, that's crazy. And we've really been up until the last series of five hundred team uh, against the the Braves. We just seem to match up well with the Braves. Now there's the new Braves that have added to three or four guys, and it does make them remarkably different. But that's why they had the best record in baseball since June something first. Um, but um, listen, nobody. Even though we talked about the lack of wins each year by Degrom, nobody wants to see him in October. Degrom and Scherzer back to back on a cold night. Good lord! Like imagine playing this week in a mist at forty-eight, fifty-two degrees, and you got those animals throwing a hundred with the stuff that they've got. Take, take a lot of pitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, what's it like in the dugout? I've never been there watching a guy in the dugout throw a hundred. What's it like in a dugout, Chad? In a playoff atmosphere, sold out park. You got the fans going crazy. You're down one. It's the eighth inning. You're sending your three stars up to hit, and you got the ground filthy out there in a buck one with the spin you know, rate. The closest, <laughs> the closest like? thing I can I can think to that is when the Phillies played the Cardinals and Roy Halladay was pitching about ten years ago. And I believe we lost one nothing. The Cardinals yeah. started off with a triple off the right center wall yeah. and scored. And I don't think I don't think anyone scored again. But that was probably the closest situation we were able to see to that because Holiday at that time was as, you know, as good as anyone. Yeah. And yeah, I mean it's intimidating. Those teams know that if we get the lead, we can't lose it because it's so hard to battle back against those guys on the road who are Degrom, a Holiday, a really elite pitcher like that. Yeah. You know what's amazing if you want to compare pitching, which I, I know we harp on this point, it's obviously the toughest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball and it's just getting harder each year. How about the other night? I, I was texting a few of my buddies that there because I wasn't watching. Like uh, Alvarado, is that did I say it correctly? Philly's relief pitcher. Yes. 
is throwing a buck one, and there's a lefty up. And I just type back, no chance. And they, I got LOL back, and they said, yeah, strike out. And I, I looked at the pitches on the puck. There's no chance. You can't, the batting average lefty against him, okay, is like 063. So, in other words, in all other sports, you can make that pass, hit that shot, okay? But a lefty against him when he's on with this stuff, you can't perform your skill. You can't hit him in that situation. And that's what you see a lot in postseason. When he's well, his dominant. last 14 innings. And he only goes one inning. Yeah. No runs. No runs. I think two hits. Something like that. Yeah, Crazy. Some, yeah. Yeah, you can't hit him. And we've got well, Mariano Rivera for his career in the World Series. You couldn't hit him unless you're Arizona. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's – yeah, I had, guess who I had? I had the Yankees with that. Yeah, I said to Marion, this game's over, and here comes a flare in the blue. Well, when you were just talking about the DeGrom going eight, he doesn't go more than six usually, but, right. when, you know, Diaz in the ninth, so you fill that seventh and eighth oh, with the pretty good I'm relievers glad, they I'm have. Glad Coach brought up Diaz. I was going to make this my rant. That's, that's I missed f- that song. <laughs> can, can I really we, love that song. Can we plead – for stadiums to stop playing the trumpet song. Oh, I know they're making fun of him for it. It's, no, they're doing it for rallies to college football teams and all. But it's like oh, I, I, no, for, no. I was talking about other baseball teams oh, yeah, who have yeah, done it. Have fun when yep. when they're like beating the Mets. But so college oh, yeah, teams are it. doing. I love it. Yeah, I think the <laughs> songs caught the um, national country attention. by by storm. Everyone's yeah. just obsessed with it. Yeah, it's so, so catchy. It really is. I'm watching like the Kansas game last Saturday night at fourth and one, and I'm hearing. Any trumpets? I'm like, no, guys. First of all, you're in Kansas. They're only the Wizard of Oz. You got to go back to New York. It's, it's just too catchy of a song. It's exclusive. And especially for a college band. It's so good for a college band to, yeah, to but, hop on that. Uh, well, I want to make a point. It's on exclusive the, to Diaz, please. On the uh, the Cardinals here. Yep, yep, yep. And I don't think you guys will disagree with this, but I'm pr- I'm, I will say with a high degree of confidence the entire Phillies postseason – Chances it comes down to game one, Wheeler versus um, that's, that's whoever three. whoever they they decide to throw. You're down one, one, one nothing. You're down. Yeah, I don't think that can ha- that can happen. Now the reason I'm I feel a little optimistic too is there's so many back and forth factors here. It's kind of which one do you want to just hop on? Wheeler's two and zero against the Cardinals this year. Fourteen innings pitched, zero runs earned, nine hits, ten strikeouts with a point wow. seven eight WHIP. Didn't he know that has been lights out. Absolutely lights out versus the Cardinals this year. Nola, who will be our game two pitcher, a little bit of a different story. Seven innings pitched, five hits, seven strikeouts, 6.4 ERA against the Cardinals. Smaller sample. I think it's only one game, not two. But we can't be down 0-1 in that series and, and expect anything. We have to win that game one, or I th- I don't think I don't think there there will be a, there'll be a chance. I agree with you 100. Yeah, percent That's you can't push back on that. I mean, the, what the baseball, what Major League Baseball did to sort of punish the team that would have been playing—that's the Phillies one game and out if you lose, which that's the most ridiculous thing ever structured in sports. So they say, okay, no more one game, but you go on the road for three straight. And then have to realign your pitching, you get a day off, and then if I believe no days off, or is it one chat in the next round? Well, let's look. So yeah, the next round's brutal. All right, so it you, starts Friday. Phillies Cardinals. 
Friday. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Bingo. No days off. Friday, Saturday, right. Sunday. Assuming it goes to game three. Um, Sunday. Then Monday, October. Mon- it's a little glitchy here. <laughs> Monday, October 10th, it looks like there is a day off. Yeah. yeah. That's the travel day. In between the And series. then you go right, yes, to, right sure. to Tuesday, you start. Yeah, but then, then in the next series, I believe they would have to go from game four back to Atlanta for game five without the day off. In the next series, that's where they pick a day back up. Major League Baseball. Let's see. So you're playing. So if we were playing Atlanta. Game four would be Saturday, October fifteenth. Atlanta at Phillies. Right. And game five would be Phillies at Atlanta the next day, Sunday. Yeah. No yeah, days my, off my right there. Guys, right, on, right on. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Yes. Somebody's been doing a lot of research this week. <laughs> and that 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 I think will be for the other NLDS team as well. Thank you, Tommy. Whoever's playing the Dodgers, yeah. Right, thanks, yeah. Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy helps out a lot on the show. Uh, he's one of our, like, assisted, you know, miners out there. One of one of our really helps. Uh, but that's brutal. So you, you don't get the days off you did before where they would spread things out because they got to compensate back. Couldn't Major League Baseball handle certain things during the season differently. If you cut the se- I know Yeah, they should revenue, have cut the season. Revenue, right? They should have cut the season by 10 games. That's it. About 158. Well, didn't they start, oh, a, yeah. didn't they start a week late this year? Yeah, they did with the whole lockout thing. Yeah. And now you're going to have the World Series going into uh, like November 4th or 5th at least. They started a week late. Let's recognize that point. It's a factor. Does that mean next year the postseason structure will allow for days off because you won't start seven days late. It's a possibility, it's a, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know if they'll want to do it or not. It depends yeah. if, if and how concerned they are going into November or they look... Now, you can't do an option of, like, a neutral site, like, well, in a warm area. But I don't think the players want to be playing out there in 40-degree November winds. Uh, right, that's so. that's not really baseball. We got some bad news here. We got 10 more Phillies points and obviously no time to make them. The manager comes back regardless of how it turns out, correct? Uh, and we got to get to uh, the big guy last night, uh, number 60, 62. I mean, is that insane? <laughs> it was drilled. Yeah. I, I was talking to Al, actually, yesterday morning, and I said we were joking. We said, well, we got 24 hours left to do this now. Time's running out. And yeah. whew, he, he did it just just a, just one game shy of, of running out of time, really. So very, very... Awesome to, to, to see that. So, Did you see the fan who jumped over the yeah, railing? The guy all of a sudden looks like he tried to pull a parachute. Here goes the fan thinking it's going to hit the Hoping the, the, it would fall. Bullpen. Well, not to interrupt, guys, but Judge is going to be my rave. I know we we're going to okay. talk about him earlier, but I got some extra stuff well, later on. Are you going to include the fact that the pitcher last night, Jesus, uh, Jesus. Yeah, threw him a complete cookie of a pitch, a slider right down Broadway center cut, and you're looking at that right now. If you're if you're watching the Facebook uh, of the podcast, Jimmy, thank you, is putting up a graph that shows the batter's box, and right smack where Judge's hot zone is lies that pit. almost hard to do. Coach, throw it exactly where Judge's you know heat zone. Uh, what did Mitch call it? The uh, Oh, you remember what he uses. I found the whatever cycle zone. But that's that's where he put the ball. And I follow. Oh, his arm slot? No, the pitch hits it hits the, the the box location, the pitch location. A cookie? Perfectly mm-hmm. for Judge. Okay. He, he, he gave him a cookie. Stanton's the next batter. 
and the pitcher hits the black six straight times, okay? Just happened to this on Judge. So you hear that first here? Yep, it was intentional. Yep, he's famous. He's in the record books. He's talked about every time it's brought up, and there'll be monetary. He'll, you know, he'll monetize that status, no doubt about it, Chad, right? He'll, he'll make money from it. Do you think it was intentional? Oh, like he, that's what I he, just said. Absolutely. He wanted to do this? Absolutely. Well, guys, you're leaving out this possibility. Absolutely. About 50 years ago, a guy named Frank Ogfield made a song and said, I remember you. Maybe Jesus found that somewhere and said, everybody's going to remember me. Jesus. And you can call me Jesus if you'd like because I threw it down the middle. You can't tell me he won't end up on some show getting compensated, whatever, book that there'll be some type of compensation sure. for being part of that record. You can't tell me. Uh, or just wanting the attention. I mean, it's, it's he's got a 2.18 ERA. He's been lights out this year. All of a sudden, he throws him one right center cut. I mean, Jimmy's already showed the pictures of Judge's swing. The ball's right here and the box. And he doesn't put another pitch right there. You know, the rest maybe he so was a better. But maybe he bet a lot of his amigos that, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm no, going to give up that well, home run. Do you think that if it was intentional, do you think it was his decision or the MLB came to the team and said, no, you're doing this? Yeah, I don't believe in the worldwide conspiracy. And I know in politics it's wrong. I know that. And I know in sports it's probably happened. Boy, I'd love to read a book about the top ten cases but I'm just not a conspiracy believer because one reason, Coach, when there's a conspiracy top-down on the, you know, the, the the whole macro level, you need to tell me people would talk down, down the road. People would say, oh, guess what? I was on the team when so-and-so, the commissioner, told the GM. And we had, They had a meeting, and they decided when it got passed down to us. I mean, th- those kind of things would be disclosed. It would be impossible to keep those you know, macro conspiracies, you know, under wraps. So, no, I don't think. So, you think think it was the pitcher's own decision? decision. Because last year, or two years ago, remember when we were talking with Mitch last last year about the World Series debacle with the Rays and Snell? Yep. And that was a whole conspiracy people were talking about, too, saying, did the MLB force this? Because there was the COVID scare with the Dodgers, and they got the testing back at night. And I was like, what's Why going on here? Make the change with the pitcher came from Major League Baseball because of what Major League Baseball wanted. I don't believe a word of that. And then Justin Turner was on the COVID list, or he would have been. Yeah. I don't remember the exact details. I but. don't believe a word of that. But, guys, you got to remember one thing. It could have been right down the middle, but how many, times have, we, how many times have we heard, boy, he just missed that Oh, yeah. Pitch. No, 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 no. But you foul it straight back, you know, yeah. so you still got to hit it. And, and with the pressure all night. Yeah. Or, or a judge could hit a pitch, not center cut, and still hit a home run. So that's not the only option variable, but he put it right over the plate. And we could also just say that this pitcher was feeling just as much pressure trying not to be in the record books and valid. and just just blow it. That's valid. Because you showed that it with Stanton after his pitcher was right back to the corners, and he just the pressure got to him not wanting to be this guy who gave up that home run. All right, so we're over 4,000 uh, copies we call now <laughs> per week. You be your judge and jury, and you let us know at 609-828-556. Probably put a Twitter poll out, too, and try put to get Twitter engaged poll in terms yeah, of we can get people's voting voting and see see how they're, uh, how they're feeling. As our devoted fans know by now, we like to be exclusive in terms of some data finding that we give you. 
and you're not going to see the pitch box and any other show for the next week. You're going to see it here. Uh, so we would like to hear from you if you if you think there was a uh, it was intentional or one just got away, you know. But it was uh, the guy who caught the ball, vice president of Fisher Investments. They just managed two hundred billion worldwide, so I think he's okay. However, he's got a uh, ball that's worth a lot of money. And uh, do you remember somebody on this podcast said that? When Judge hits 62, there's going to be this utter free-for-all, and people are going to be ripping the ball, and there's go- it's, going to- it's just going to be an epic brawl in the left field stands, not a peaceful snag and hold on to it. The security guards come right over, like I said, and ush- you know, usher the guy right out. Wiz? I, I stand by that that's what should have happened because most fans in that stadium – aren't managing $197 billion. Most fans are paycheck to paycheck, and that's an opportunity for a life-changing event. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying I'm still surprised that didn't happen because I know if I was next to that ball, I'm jumping on a seat, and I don't care if I land on the field. I'm catching that ball. <laughs> There's no doubt my mind. I, I don't care about the money. I want that ball. <laughs> and out of the three of us, the word jump only applies to you. <laughs> I'm on that seat leaping over. I don't care if I fall into the field. I, I am really surprised more people didn't have that mentality. I, I, have, I can't believe it, honestly. I have not yet watched a real clean video uh, of the catch by the fan I see the ball going into the stands. I see a lot of arms up, and all of a sudden, this guy's got the ball for gratuitous. I have not seen a, a yeah, clean they didn't hone in on that. snag no. grab. But security was there instantly to wrap him up and get him now out of there and protect it, which is cool that the, the, the stadium security had made those arrangements. And I guess everybody's also in unison. I commented last week with Toronto. I thought it was Bush League, unprofessional, somewhere between that nobody gave Judge uh, a little fist pound going around the bases. Uh, last night, they did the exact same thing, almost at attention like Toronto was. They were equally back with their arms folded. Nobody came near them. I get the part you don't want to steal the thunder, be a part of that show, that moment. But, man, if you're the first baseman and this guy just broke the whole time, you think you're slapping record, going by, had you're not going to Sure. Hell, I want to do it from Cherry Hill. Hey, nice job, my man. You didn't want to give him a little pat on the back. So, if I'm the second baseman I mean, and the shortstop, yeah, I'm standing not. right in second base. I cannot <laughs> say nice job, you know. But, uh, no, it's the, it, obviously that was orchestrated, that that's the way it's going to be. We want no interference. We don't want anybody to do that. For, you have to kind of unwind that, interpret it the way you do. Uh, I have my own spit on it, but I'm, I'm not going to say it here. Uh, it's a little edgy, but uh, we'll, we'll move past that. Yeah, but I just thought it was unprofessional in both instances. Yeah. So what happens to the sixty-one ball? What does that become worth? I now? have no idea. Is that a, a lot less? But nevertheless, that, like, a nice little price, I'm sure. So what's sixty-two? They're saying is that five hundred thousand dollars? Oh, that's two million, million three million today. Oh. Yeah, yeah, going up. Yeah. If you can get it for five hundred and five thousand today. <laughs> Take yeah, it. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's really smart, he'll know that I bought Bitcoin at 44. Okay. It's, it's damn near at zero. And he'll sell the ball and buy Bitcoin now. Well, Bitcoin at the price. went up yesterday a little bit, by <laughs> the way. I, I bet Al know that. I don't know that. Do you? Uh, by the way, are you it serious? It went up a little bit yesterday. Yes. What, what the hell? You're full of facts. The, the market just went up 
Two yeah, days in a like row. Seven hundred points in back-to-back back days. Biggest since two thousand. I'll be cash. Biggest yeah. gains since two thousand twenty yeah. for the market yeah. for the last two days. Yeah. Why well, want the cash? Mr. Mr. Harris is an encyclopedia. Yeah, you are. You are a wealth of worthless what? information. Self-proclaimed. Al's vying for top job here. <laughs> Al wants to be turned to grip. Every once in a while, I sneak something <laughs> in on that. These guys, you just see the looks on their face. Go, yeah. What? Next year, you can look for the letterhead to say Harris Financial Corporation, okay? You're our habit. In dude. small print, way down in the corner. And you know, you were the one a lot of people said, man, Al's really gotten good at this whole thing. Truth truth be told. And Chuck, you got to learn to shut up. Oh, this, this, was <laughs> a, this was a point I wanted to make earlier, but Go I'm just kind of re- recalling it now. Talk about You talked about how angry the Mets fans were. And I don't think we mentioned this yet. So the Braves are, you know, right now, 101 and 16, the Mets 161. So they're one game apart. So, in theory, if the Atlanta loses tonight, the Mets win. They're tied for first in division. But Atlanta has the tiebreaker because they won, they've won head to head more. But that's only happened. Atlanta is, is, is 10 and 9 versus the Mets this year. And you've got to remember, they swept the Mets last weekend in that three game series. So that's how big of a deal that sweep was. Yeah, it's not just that they oh. lost the division from him, but they now lost the tiebreaker. So if Atlanta, if that sweep didn't happen and it was one and one, or you know two and one and two for the Mets, and somehow Atlanta still won the division, the Mets won the tiebreaker. Yeah, um, or tie, yeah. So that's really, really a des- devastating loss for, for for the Mets right now, and uh, that's another reason why they're really upset. Yeah, I, I mean New York is just uh, devastated by it. I mean. You, a month ago, they were opposite my thinking, or let's say our thinking. The podcast position was Atlanta. We agreed on that, right? That Atlanta was going to win the division. Yeah, I think we said it yes. like two yeah. months ago. We're on it. They sold no way possible for that with an eight and a half game lead, pretty late in the season, and it's it's a total collapse. Um, but I, you know what I was seeing now? Two things mainly. I knew those two big pitchers were not posting up. And that's Boa's point, by the way. Talk about them all day long to blow in the face. Uh, one of them, DeGrom, doesn't post up, and he doesn't. The other thing was I, I watched some of the hitters that aren't brand hitters, okay, start to depreciate. And, like, I knew McNeil would not. You knew certain guys would not. You knew Alonzo was going to get his home runs and his OPS. But the other guys that were hitting, like 295, 315, uh, I was watching them start to slump late in the season, which happens, and I just kind of projected the Mets' offense to go into a tailspin, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, and, and the Braves increasing with, you know, the hottest team in baseball. Put the two together, and I thought the Braves would eat up that eight and a half games, and, and they just barely did, but they did. They were the last, and they paid I think off. the Mets yesterday had uh, – First time in our history, back to back to back home runs. It was yes. Nemo, Lindor, and I forget the third guy. Our but boy, uh, our boy uh, Tony Larusso, uh-huh. retired. The last episode, I think, got to him emotionally. It was ridicule. We showed it. It was the fan telling him that he had to get the pitch runner, and Larusso's on the top step. Not a good look, coach. And this fan is row one. He's screaming. Tony, get the pitch runner in. Get these screaming f bombs. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden, Larusa puts his hand up, calls a timeout, puts the pitch runner in, and all the fans around this guy are saying, "Why did you have to tell him to do that?" The coach, no, 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 and that had to be devastating for him. It did. I, it probably it, 
It was he was wrecked emotionally because don't forget before that you had pitch walking the guy o two. You had a whole series of stuff that were illogical this year, and the team underachieving. Guys hurt, but the, we're talking about a, the White Sox is a colossal disappointment, and Larusso at the top of it, and the friend, and the friend, the favor to bring him back in. Well, that Talk, was the third. Oh, that was man. the third thing, you know. And I at mean, least. we said to ourselves here, something's definitely wrong. He's he's done. Tony retire now, you know. Yeah, just so, uh, yeah, just not sharp. Just not sharp. It's sad to see. It's time. Yep. You know, it's, it's Willie Mays in the in the batter's box at, at, at Met Stadium. Well, see, that's why Fall I try down, and tell you. you I, he was 77. He's retired. I'm 84, and you're still trying to start a team next year some it, days. It, it, well, it's not how the question is. <laughs> there will be a team next year for sure. How about this Dodgers run differential? You know, earlier podcast, uh, Chad talked about the – in balance in baseball, which I got a lot of pushback on that from some of my buddies, and since then they've listened and, and they know that that my point has merit. Well, this demonstrates it. This is Exhibit A through Z. Okay, take the Dodgers differential, take the next differential, add them up, divide by three, and go find yourself another one anywhere close. Don't do it. You won't find it. It doesn't exist. What you will see. With a 162-game season, which is apples to apples comparison, you'll see teams win run differential, Chad, at 150. A lot of years, 210. You won't so see. Th- this, is a, this is a fun fact on, on that because the yeah. Dodgers run differential, it's plus 329. Right. The Dodgers' odds to win the World Series are lower than their run differential, differential. for the year. They're yeah. plus 320. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No other team is even close. Yeah, yeah. The Phillies th- are plus 3,000 to win yeah. the World Series, and now the run differential isn't isn't there, near that level. There is a troublesome, to be clear, if you didn't hear earlier podcasts, I've said I've made it clear and I've backed it up statistically, that there's such an imbalance. Baseball is so top-heavy where the rich are getting much richer and the, the the dregs or the, the bad teams that are losing 100 games are worse than ever. Now, that raises the question, why? Teams tanking. How did tanking work out for the Astros, Al? Um, they got, well. huh? It worked out pretty Very good. Well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 four years of it. Four years of Number it, one. and then all of a sudden they've got a team that's powerful for like the next six years. Yeah, but if you're going to tank, though, you have to be able to draft, and that's what the uh, Astros took did. The that's Dig- exactly they right. Did. The Phillies don't know how to draft, that's so when the we point. tanked for, I don't know what to say, we, oh, no, we, we tanked for a couple of years after our, our great run, we never drafted. We didn't draft right, I mean, right? Who, who, do, who, who is a quality, the, name some quality Phillies drafts, Nola, Reese, and Nola goes back, but yeah, absolutely. Nola is the one of the last yeah. things Ruben did. Yeah, but what year? I mean, yeah, we're going back. Okay, so ten so, years at least. So going you, back at Hamels and all that. Yeah. yeah, you just put your your bid in on poker. I'm going to match that and raise it. You ready? And while you're doing that, answering your question, name the international signing star None. that's on the roster or and or in the minors. None. Okay. Don't say the other pitcher because he's not that. Okay, he was drafted. What a draft choice that looks to be. So the Phillies present to you a draft that's abysmal for the last 10 years. Yeah, there's a couple players up, no doubt about it, and nobody on the international side. And you look at the other teams right now that are winning, and they've all got one or two international and great draft picks, to your point. So, yeah, if you're going to tank, 
Sixers <laughs> make some draft picks today. Who, who from the Sixers, just quickly, uh, draft picks are turned to value other than Embiid? Now, Simmons is obviously one who gets you back what you've got right now in that trade. But what oh, the, uh, Maxi was a draft pick, right? Yes. Drafted Maxi. Yeah, he was the last end of the first round. Yeah. What year? Last year, right? Was, he was a rookie. No, second year? This what, is, this what, is, I believe this is his third year. What, okay. slot, what slot first round was he, though? Was he late? Because the oh, Sixers yeah. were winning? Yeah, real late. That's a great draft choice. That's oh, not my point. Definitely. I'm talking about the lottery picks no. that the Sixers had for six years. You mean, you, you, mean you didn't trust the process? You didn't trust the process. <laughs> it was a colossal failure, right? Well, Markel Fultz, don't, you don't have to go past him. Uh, well, you could say Manu Bowl. You could go past him. The kid from uh, Duke, uh, the 6'9". So um, you know. here, here's the list. 2019, our first pick was Ty Jerome. I, I don't know who that even is. Uh, wait, is, 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 this even, is this even the Sixers? Sixers. <laughs> no, this That's, is the Sixers. It is. Uh, 2018, it was... What the heck? No, I'm on Wikipedia. I don't know what I'm looking at right now because this is 2018. It was it was LeBron James, LeBron, LeBron with an uh, with an M. Yeah, I don't think kid. that's right. Nah, you're on the wrong site. Wikipedia is throwing me through a loop. Yeah, here. well, we are. We had just stay focused here on the ones we know made it indeed. And then Pete will tell me who they got from another draft pick, which he's probably right on one. But overall, it is a colossal failure. I said it would be for one reason. Not a know-it-all. What I said to Pete was, they're not going to pay. So you get the lottery pick. You get it for five straight years. It doesn't mean that they pan out. Just look at the success of the top four picks the last 10 years. Only about 30% are contributing at the elite level. So they had a 60% failure rate, and it worked out. That have been better off, how many years ago was it now? 10, 12, the last time they had, would they, they had to... Rookie of the Year guy guard that they sent out to Milwaukee who's now won a, a world championship from the Sixers roster. Michael Carter-Williams? Okay. Oh, Holiday. 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 Yeah. Holiday. Yeah. 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 Drew yeah. Holiday out of UCLA. What, what's yep. the utter irony that the guy that you said you couldn't build around ends up winning an NBA championship from the last team that the Sixers played over 500 basketball with that probably could have been your guy to keep and work and complement around and do it over the next four years that way. Not to say it necessarily works, but the process certainly didn't work, right? So what do you have today? Embiid. And you're not winning a championship this year. I don't think you are. Uh, did we leave anything on the table baseball-wise? Roos is out. I mean, not not baseball-wise. No, nothing nothing of significance. Um, differential. Um, yeah, not not really. I mean, the yeah. Phillies, we kind of hit on their records and stuff this year and who, yeah. who we want to play, who we don't yeah. want to play. But baseball does have that problem, and that's why the Phillies had a better record than last year. They played a lot more teams that were terrible. Uh, and just look at the schedule, and you'll see that. And this year they beat up on one of them, the Nats. Or would they end up uh, 10 games over – yeah, there's something like twelve and four, or whatever heck it is, against the Nats. Uh, they just they cleaned house and they beat the Marlins for a change, where they typically were five hundred because of because of that pitching. But uh, and I think the Marlins, speaking of of the devil, end up the season with almost seventy one run games. You know, you know, Don, you got to do something. You got seventy one run games. Start bunting in the first inning, my man. Play yeah. small ball any number one. I would be walking people. You know. You think Alcantara has ever said, "Get me out of here"? 
So I think this year is the 15th time in the Phillies' 140-year history they've made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They've, been, they've got, by my count, can you count the two, Al? One, two. How many world championships do the Phillies have? Two, right? How many do the Eagles have? Three. No, world championships. Eagles, one. Come on, what are you, what are you throwing oh, in? 40, Super Bowls. 48 and 49. I know, no, no, before no, the Super Bowl. That was the, that was the league championship they won. Uh, you, they you, won the you're champ- having a good day. You said championship. Super Bowls. Oh, oh no! If he said Super Bowls once, yeah, modern, modern, modern times. Super I'm an older guy. You're more modern does, than me. Does two beat one? As far as I know. Okay. <laughs> How many Super Bowls have they been to? They lost with Vermeil in 1980. Okay. And we lost uh, to New England. Yeah, New England. And they won. Yeah. Three. One out of three. Very yeah. good. This is going to stump both of you because I was shocked when I looked it up two weeks ago. Okay. How many World Series were Again, talking modern times here, you know, after 50, 60. How many World Series have the Phillies been to? Five. You looked it up. I was already looking it up. <laughs> well, I can go back to 1950. You, you, you didn't know that. I didn't, no, know, I didn't that. know that. Five World Series. 2009, 2008. Listen. 1993, 1983, 1980. Guess what, guys? Fans. When you're, I use the word. Well, bit. 1950 to be by yeah, the Yankees. I, yeah, I, four I cut it. I cut it. Before 1950, yeah. yeah. Okay. For, for you anti-baseball Phillies fans, and you want to bitch about getting, because the name of the game, guys, ladies, is getting to the championship and then winning, by the way. But they got to five World Series in 50 years? Yes, but the problem is it's streaky. Like, after, oh, ni- streaky. after 1993, yeah. we didn't make the playoffs until 2007. Right. That's a really long gap. I had to wait till I was 12 years old till I saw the Phillies in the playoffs. You were lucky behind home plate. I got really them. lucky yeah. that I was able to see a Phillies team yeah. that made the playoffs five years in a row and then yep. another 10-year gap. The kids thought that what you did every year out was sit row three and back a home plate in the Diamond Club and watch the <laughs> Phillies go to the World Series. They thought, well, don't, this is great. Don't we do this every single year? And remember going over the bridge? Oh, yeah. And all the people were out through their sunroofs. Beeping the, the horns. Car. And we have film of, that, of all the things that took place. And the final out behind them plate with the kids. And that's on TV every time the Phillies show the final pitch. And they see Chad down there with his towel. It's on TV forever. Oh, yeah. But the moment for me was being stuck on the Waltman Bridge, going to the parade. And we were going into the stadium. And everybody was going ballistic on the bridge stop. And people were high-fiving, getting out of their cars. That 10 minutes was the greatest thing with my kids, professional sports team-wise. And I thank God for it every day. I don't know yeah. if we'll ever relive it again. You know, we no longer have those seats. We won't be sitting in row three and back home plate if they do it. But in the age that you guys were, right? Oh, it was perfect. I was seventh or eighth grade uh, when, the, when they actually won. So it was just perfect timing. My sisters were in high school. Tell a quick story what you used to do with the, uh, the aristocrats and back of home plate. So the, we the were real estate people. <laughs> yes, we were behind home plate for a, for a couple years. And we noticed a lot that during the critical moments, the entire stadium was up and standing. And the Diamond Club areas in front of us, like the first five, six rows to the left and right, some of the higher, very high-money seats, yeah, Klein, they were just Klein sitting Inspector, there. The Klein Inspector was one of them. Those guys, they wouldn't stand up. They just sat there all they stuffy. They were happy, but they weren't. Yeah. It was stuffy. Yeah. It, was like, it was like a half clap. Yeah. So I went, I went to Kinko's, and I got on a red piece of paper, and I wrote 
a simple message. It was like we have Phillies fans. If it's a if there are two strikes, if there are two outs, critical situations, bottom line, stand up and cheer. This is the playoffs. I made 5,000 copies he of them. He puts them out on every seat. Now, club. we could never do this again no. because it's too hard to get stuff in the stadiums now. But we went up to Jen Utley's wife. I'm sorry, Chase Utley's wife, Jen, who yep. was sitting there. And we said, Jen, can you please pass these out? We're going to pass some of these out, too. And she did. She went nuts. The entire Diamond Club was flooded in red paper with this message on there Please. that we're going to cheer because this is the playoffs. I think we maybe the, it was the World Series, actually, when I did this. Yes. This is the World Series, and we are not going to sit here and do this little soft clap like this no. when our team's in the World Series. Like, come on, stand up. So, and it got great. It went nuts. They the went nuts over Chad. Stadium the stadium was going, the Diamond Club section that was targeting Chad, Chad, went nuts. Chad that night um and i had my two friends with me from heist from from grade school that i brought with me that um and we we all handed them out all four or five of us it was just Uh, it was insane next week we're going to bring in the pamphlet we saved it and everybody that's why they let him down row one because he had the towels getting everybody up and they were all up 3-0 pitches you know putting pressure on the pitcher oh two counts for our guy and it became a thing and people are coming up, high five and Chad, and tell me start this whole thing. And he made the Diamond Club, and it ends up on the radio, but not by name. So they make mention of the kid down there with the towel getting everybody up. And somebody said, "Yeah, he handed out pamphlets," and they got real close, but nobody knew his name. So I said, "Yeah, they never said Chad Gribbley, you know." But that's a true story. And uh, oh man, those days we have it on video. It's just crazy. Look, let me tell gosh, you something. You know, Nothing he does will surprise me. So that's a great story. I yeah, congratulations on a big accomplishment yesterday, buddy. Thank uh, you. The uh, test, the big whatever. Nice job, man. So uh, can man. I go back to the Sixers for yeah, just a little absolutely. minute? I didn't get to watch the game the other night, but uh, Embiid and Harden didn't play, and uh, Maxi played. 14 minutes and had 20 points and the Nets had their starters in there. They had Simmons and Irving and Durant and everything. So uh, he's going to take over that club to Maxie, I think. Everybody. Yeah, they'll be good. I like them. Uh, well, they're going to be a lot tougher with that P.J. Tucker and that uh, Montrez Hartzell they got. Harold yeah. they just got. He's a beast. 2020, he was sixth man of the year. Uh, they're going to be a lot more physical, put it that way. What you're not projecting, Coach, is another um, digression by Harden. Uh, age wins, okay. The Nets, he, his numbers were declining. That's why they made the trade. And in Philly, we predicted it. We're on the radio to the next day. Podcast, same thing. We nailed Harden. Oh, my God, did we crush that in the biggest call we've ever made. Next year's a year older. His shooting percentage will not increase. He cannot shoot from three anymore. Therefore, they will not go out and pick him up to guard him. Therefore, he doesn't get the burst. I mean, if you go out and, and cover him 20 feet away, good luck with that, okay, at his height and ball handling skills. If you could sag off him four feet, is he going to drive through the lane and score? In the playoffs, his drives look like a five-year-old. Bobbling the ball and dribbling off his knee, he looked horrendous. So, if you tell me that an aging Harden with less numbers that mean something, not bad numbers, good numbers, you know, uh, competitive statistics, I call it, 
they're going to do better, then you're telling me a lot. I, I don't buy that. How do you account for harder when you say that? Well, I'm hoping that Melton handles the ball a lot more and you don't see 15 dribbles out of Harden. So okay. that's one thing. Okay, you're going to quantify this. Yes. Okay. And uh, I think with their, their toughness and I think Maxi Maxi by the I way. I love Maxie, by the Maxie, way. by the way, Shoot. last year was third in three-point percentage. Uh, I love him. He was over 42%. Who don't love Max? And he just keeps working and working, so he's going to be the boss of that team. And uh, I, I mean, I'm going to take a little sip of the Kool-Aid. I'm not going to even have a half a glass. But Harden supposedly is getting in better shape and this and that. So let's <laughs> just see with more of a cast guess, around him with Melton and Maxie being better, and we can, and he can become a half decent facilitator, as they like I to guess call he, him. I guess year. he cut out his nightlife too, right? Yeah, because one thing we know for a fact: what do you want to do everything? When you go out <laughs> and drink and have alcohol in your system, you're not ready to play the next day. And that the new athlete Wiz has proven to us: the clean guys that talk about their lifestyle and how hard they work, and oh, they're out till two o'clock in the morning drinking veal and. Now, actually, those days are over because you can't perform at peak level the next day. So I don't believe anybody that's a habitual nightlife socializer, and I assume drinking, okay, is ready to perform. And my buddies in New York said he was out all the time. And these guys, I'm talking about my buddies. I mean, one's an ex-Navy SEAL, Mark, you know, Mark. I mean, these guys are high places, okay? And... That's the word. So, and I was telling that to the radio. And like, oh, we don't. We haven't heard that from anybody. How, how do you know that? Where do you told that? And he was out. Well, let me compare all, all the time. Let me compare that with you've been known years back. I know at least to like to put a couple of dollars on a ball yeah. game or this yeah, yeah, or that. Yeah, a couple of dollars. Tell me last night. A couple of dollars. That led the Houston. A couple that, dollars. That the Houston Astros could not have been your best bet. Best bet ever, ever. Unless you thought the Phillies. In the rain at Washington, weren't because I thought Vegas was going to take them off the board in those must-win games where Washington was already bad. But then they really packed it in. like the guys in the bullpen were playing Scrabble, and the Phillies were only like two ten. I'm thinking, can I go to my wife and say, can I put you know fifty thousand on? Well, yeah, she would not have said yes, and I would not have done that. But oh, the Phillies at the end there were just relentlessly good bets. But yes. Now, I don't know what the line was last I night. I have no idea. But for those of you that don't believe when we say hitting a hard ball, hard ball is the hardest thing to do skill-wise in all sports, check this out. The Phillies last night played hungover, okay? And they didn't hit a ball in the outfield for seven innings. That's how hard Major League Baseball is. And by the way, some of the names are in the lineup. Harper batted leadoff, yeah, yeah. okay? Play that game a little cloudy at 98 or 101, good luck. You can't do it. It's a Phillies demonstration. And you know what's night. neat, too? You don't get to see Verlander much. I think he's like 18 and 4 now because he went five, yeah. five no hit. The game. question in the right. series that I got, my phone blew up on this question, was Houston trying the night before against Nola? Was Nola so effective because he was pitching that good? Or did you suggest, you know, he was painting the, the outside corner on the knees, and everybody commented afterwards Ben Davis, the yeah, com- everybody saying it's as good as they've ever seen him throw and be in concrete, complete control. And a few players even said he might throw a no hitter tonight. That's how well he was throwing. Is Brady and uh, the divorce is Tampa done, Chad? I don't think they're done, but I do think that they're 
really hurting right now. Yeah. yeah I don't think they're done. Okay. I think they're done. Green Bay has no way to throw it to. I think they're done. Did you see Rodgers the other day? You heard him curse at the yeah. player on the, on the telecast. He is, yeah. oh God, he is playing with some young guys that don't know what they're and the doing. the Rams stink. So if you're the Eagles right now and they wake up this morning and you're having a conversation, who are you worried about in the NFC if you're the Eagles? No, nobody That's, really. I guess it's the Chiefs. No, no. no, no. Oh, I, and, um, the Rams probably is, probably is the top one. Then you're Rams. in good shape. Yeah, I think shape. you're in good shape. No, you're I don't think there's shape. anyone that we have to be too concerned about. Yeah, I, think, the, it's, I think if we were to look at the other side, though, AFC, Chiefs, Bills are yeah. the two are the legit. two components. They're legit. Nobody wants to see Mahomes. Well, I'll tell sure. you one thing about the Eagles, too. They are leading the league in some categories. Oh, no, they're, and they're plus eight with turnovers. Uh, they're power ranking number one by far. Yeah, it's, I it's, mean, that's all teams, it's right? Amazing. And Reddick is starting to pay off where people what had was, doubts the first uh, couple weeks. What was the Ravens coach thinking last week when he, when he did kick the thinking field ball? It couldn't be any thought process. There's three not, minutes and not, 45 not, seconds to go. You're at home, and the three-pointer ties it up, and then you see what happens from there. I mean, unbelievably horrible decision. I mean, you got the elements. The whole, I don't care who's quarterback in fourth and three. You kick the field goal, you go up, and you have the extra defense to make a stop, right? It wasn't any trick play or anything. Just a pass in the end zone, it was no good. Had, like, no chance. We're not going to talk college football. There's a lot to say on college football. We'll hold it until next week. Go Notre Dame against BYU. Are we going to rant and rave, buttery at that point? Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Let's rock it, Bubba. Here we go. My rave's going to be a young man who just hit number 62 that I respect immensely. I'm not a Yankees fan, but he just seems like a unbelievable teammate and so forth. A young man coming out of Fresno State. He'll be 31, by the way, next April. But he'll still get that great long contract that he held out for in 2017, he was Rookie of the Year and second in the MVP voting, and he was the 32nd pick in the first round. Who does that remind you of off the top of your head? I'm sorry. I was reading my notes. All right. It reminds He went 32nd in first round. Is How about it? Mike Trout when he went like 26? That's a reminding me right away. Yeah. And, and Trout, by the way, was the only one that showed up on the draft night. You know how the football players, they have about 20, 30 guys there? Trout was that. So right. just hats off to, to Aaron Judge. Right. You deserve it, young man. You'll be the MVP and uh, many more good years. Yep. Go ahead, Wiz. Well, I was just going to rave on the Phillies because uh, it's been a long time since we've been wait, waiting for this day where the Phillies have returned to the postseason. doesn't matter how they got there. doesn't matter if they struggled or were hot. And all that matters right now is that we're in the postseason a little bit and that there's a chance. And that's where we're at right now. We're in the postseason. Anything can happen. We really need to win that first game, but got to just rave on the Phillies and say, hey, great job battling back off their tough start to the season and making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go rave, rant, rave, okay? But I'll get it done in time frame. Rave about the Phillies. You're exactly right. There is nothing like the anticipation of playoff baseball in October. There is something in the air, the blood. You're driving around. Playoff baseball. And I admit... The regular season is boring, uh, guilty, but, man, when it turns to playoff baseball in the fall, Coach, there is nothing like it, especially when it's your team. We know anything can happen. I like the Phillies over the cards. I'll go on record saying that. <laughs> the The rant part of it, just Eagles fans, give it a break. Angelo, you know, you anti-Philly people out there. Howard comes on last night, talks about, well, the, Bra- the Phillies did win, the Braves lost, and stuff like that. Man, you're in Philly. 
You're part of the media. You're part of the whole thing we're doing here, the landscape, right? Get behind your team. It's your local team, right? You can be critical constructively. You can you can talk about reality, but you got a team that just made the playoffs. Get behind them. Angelo, stop comparing football and baseball every day. I wake up to hear, well, there weren't enough people in the seats. The Phillies had 20,000 fans per game. Last year, they had 18. Al, is that plus 10,000 fans per game? I believe that. Is it 2.4 million if you multiply the math out? There you go. In a bad economy with inflation and stock markets going down the ad basket, 2.3 million people, I adjusted my math is wrong, went out to see the Phillies this year. What is wrong with that, guys? Anything wrong with that? That's unbelievable fan support. And if they come home and play a meaningful game, the place, the joint will be jumping. It will sell out or close. It will. It will sell out. 41,000 versus 40, whatever hell it is, okay? They'll have a a lot of people. The fan support is amazing. There are plenty of baseball fans. Just listen to the radio as soon as they clinched, and it was all Phillies talk the next day. Stop with this division between the Eagles and the fan support and and, and baseball and the fan support. Let that go and just appreciate both of our franchises, all four of them, when the other two are, are in well, just, just be so thankful that we've got two teams yeah. that yeah. we can talk about. And yeah, this is exciting. I mean, the Eagles are going to be talked about as the best team in football. Even when they won the Super Bowl, we were far from saying that. They were nowhere near the best team in football. Right now, I believe they are. And I, I've said for weeks, I don't see the weakness. Uh, Wiz contacts, man. How do they get a hold of us? All right. Our website is speakingofsportspod.com. Our Twitter, Speaking of Sports Podcast. Send us an email if you want, speakingofsportspod at gmail.com. Or uh, I think you can text uh, Chuck there. He always gives out his number, which is uh, 609 828 5569. The difference is you remember it. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. What a weekend to look forward to. Our shows now will be Wednesday, not Fridays. That's permanent. Uh, I like that a lot, by the way. And uh, between the birds game, yeah, but we got a, we got a Cardinals weekend coming up, right? Unbelievable. And uh, it's just hard to believe Friday we're going to watch the Phillies playoff game. How cool is that, man? Oh, well, by Sunday night could be a, a ton yeah. of great. Oh, yeah. People in the Philadelphia area. Get ready. Do good. Partying like crazy. Kids do good in school. Work hard. Count your blessings. This is why you're in sports for this weekend. God bless everybody, right? That's a wrap. That's it. Good work. Bye.